Papermen meet such interesting people. Coming up on The Media Project, Alan Shartok, Ira Fessfeld, Barbara Lombardo, and me, Rex Smith, talking about issues in the news media in recent days. We'll talk about that important libel case involving Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, of course, and the media coverage. We'll look at the role of the media after mass shootings, and we'll talk about who's making the decisions on what's newsworthy and a lot more. Join us for The Media Project next. They wallow in corruption. Papermen meet such interesting people. They know the lowdown, now it can be told. I'll tell you quite reliably off the record about some charming people I have known. For I meet politicians and grafters by the score. Killers plain and fancy, it's really quite a bore. Oh, newspapermen meet such interesting people. They wallow in corruption, crime and gore. Ting-a-ling-a-ling, city desk. Pull the press, pull the press. Extra, extra, read all about it. It's a mess meets the test. Oh, newspaper men meet such interesting people. It's wonderful to represent the press. Media Project gives you a half hour of commentary and analysis dealing with what's been going on in the news media in recent days with some veteran journalists. That would be Barbara Lombardo, formerly executive editor of the Saratogian and the Record in Troy, and former publisher of the Daily Freeman in Kingston, New York, Ira Fussfeld. Of course, Dr. Alan Shartok, the CEO of Northeast Public Radio, and I'm Rex Smith, formerly editor of the Times Union, now writing the Upstate American. And I hope you all are well today. Yes? Well, let the record show that you're on time today. <laughs> Extraordinary. Yes. We get <laughs> Alan and the station get their money's worth. Speaking of getting the hour. money's worth, I have here in my hand, let me open up this piece of mail from a lovely reader uh, that I want to read. Dear Mr. Smith, it says, it was sent here to WAMC from someone in Johnstown, New York. David, actually, not a woman. Dear Mr. Smith, if panel guests are not paid by WAMC, mm-hmm. have you all picked up your paychecks? The station should give participants chits for donations to be used as income tax deductions. They deserve it. That would be us, I believe. And it would not cost the station a penny. You like that idea? I know that my mother has passed, so it wasn't from her. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. Well, and it, this is our volunteer donation. It is. The, it's for a good the, opportunity for, for us to remind people. and for the yeah. public. Now, we used to get a bagel before you came yeah. on to Yeah, program. well, we had a big meeting about that. And then, uh, <laughs> no more bagels. Decide, but it's an opportunity. Just so far we can go here. So that's what we get here, bagels. To, uh, remind bagel. people to bagel. Zero. Got it. A big zero. 
remind people to support WAMC. Uh, this is a good thing. But thank you. Very Which nice idea writer. on the part of the... All right. And since we are talking about correspondence, Alan, we have some mail here. People took exception to a show a couple of weeks ago where we were saying we we're denigrating the coverage of the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp trial, uh-huh. which I know you've been following... Closely. Well, you can't resist it because it's on NPR of all places every day. And everywhere else. Yeah. And, and this guy says... Well, but the, NPR is supposed to have some standards. Well, now there you go. This is what this guy is talking about. Yeah. Because he says the perpetual barrage of death, destruction, scamming, cheating, stealing, abusing, and general aggravation that we cannot escape from is too, too much. He's saying that the media focuses too much on the other stuff. He says Ukraine is just the same story over and over and political corruption and mass homicide. And he says, on the last episode of the Media Project, we were insulted because we did not read the barrage of stories about the war in Ukraine. By extension, we were insulted because we avoided stories about all the death by guns, death by starvation, and the lying, cheating, stealing, etc., etc. And so he says, the American people does not deserve, the American people do not deserve, to be insulted. We have read the newspapers and watched the TV, heard the song, and we know the lyrics. We should not be insulted because we do not want to listen to that song anymore. What do you think? I think nothing, but I think we would refer the whole matter to Ira Fussfeld. On our, <laughs> well, I actually have more about to, I have more to say about this than I would have had 24 hours ago because yeah. I could care less about this trial, or so I thought. I didn't watch a lick of it. I didn't really care who won. I, my impression from afar was a pox on both their houses. And then yesterday, as we speak, the what verdict kind of pox a monkey pox. <laughs> <laughs> they announced that there's been a verdict reached. And my first reaction, because it's all about me, is oh nuts I'm going to be on the roundtable panel tomorrow and they're going to want to talk about this and I don't know anything about it so I started reading about it and although I don't think it deserved wall-to-wall coverage on the cable channels and both of the principals just disgusted me in their the fact that they couldn't settle this privately there were some issues that needed to be raised regarding sexual harassment sexual abuse man being falsely accused I mean those kinds of issues are real issues and they were brought to the fore. So I, I feel now a little chagrined that I didn't follow it closer all along the way. Do you agree, anyone? Barbara? I have two um, different thoughts about, the, about this whole case. One, the fact that we denigrated it, I think, kind of affirms how people who run media are out of touch with what people find interesting, and that until we fix that, we're still going to be scratching our heads for decades and for time immemorial to say, why don't, why don't people want to hear more about this important stuff we're trying to tell them? Why do they want to know this salacious, gossipy, culturally interesting stuff that uh, about celebrities that we have to do both? But there's another aspect to this that I think we've overlooked and that this was a libel case and that as journalists, we need to be interested in following how a jury dealt with a case that had to do with libel and whether it was malicious, I think, was the reason that the jury decided that she didn't prove her case. The Washington Post was not not sued. Her allegations were primarily in an op-ed that she wrote for the Washington Post, and the Washington Post was not sued as it could have been. She would not have won the case, but uh, But but it was an individual suit. So, so what about the fact, though, that, I mean, the fact is this was carried a lot, as Alan was upset that NPR actually carried the story, and you're saying, well, this is not something we should turn up our nose at. Actually, Alan, you shouldn't turn up your nose at this. Uh, well, actually, I should, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> All 
All right. <laughs> Tell us why. No, we actually have to understand what's going on here. A bunch of people who make decisions about what's going to be in the newspaper are sitting around a table. Uh, and they say, should we carry this story or shouldn't we? One person says, ah, nah, it's a bunch of nonsense. Somebody else says, wait a second, this is, and I think Barbara said, this is what people want to hear about. And we want to give them what they want to hear about. And if, is that our justification of how we decide what news is? It's one of the criteria. So you want to present to people what we think they want to know, yes, what they need to know, what they ought to know. And those are three things yeah, but at least subtle one, differences. But at least one of those is very arrogant, and I never want to tell you you're being arrogant, but very arrogant in which we make the decision about what they That's need. Our That's job. our job, you well, know, yeah. and I'm sorry that you consider it arrogant for us to be responsible I about deciding what's important. Tone of voice to it be is. Arrogant. Well, I'm telling you that we <laughs> that it is not a simplistic thing. You don't just say, oh, gee, I wonder what people want to know. That is not the way anybody makes these decisions. You decide what is so important that it has to be there, even if it's not interesting, or what is so interesting that it has to be there even if it's not important you sound so is, arrogant yourself i am telling you just the fact yeah, of the matter i'm sorry that that's arrogant but that is how decisions are responsibly made by american journalists in the mainstream media and there is a lot to talk about this case because as ira mentions Oh, now Mayfield. I just want to say I reject what Rich just said. Go That's, ahead. <laughs> well, you, but you've never had to do it. Well, you've never right. actually made We're decisions. Shocked. I'm you shocked to hear first that. First of all, I run a major station. But you always tell us you don't get involved in the news well, decisions. I watch things. So, uh, so, <laughs> He's also told us how people who run newsrooms, whether it's broadcast or print, you're all ganging you up are, on me you're now. All well, making, but you're making those decisions whether you admit it or not. Once again, as we and the public at large frequently do, we're judging the media based on what the cable networks did. The fact of the matter is that newspapers, by and large, from the largest to the smallest newspapers, dying. did cover this story. It's not like even yeah. though Rex and I, as, as old editors, would have held our nose and printed it, the fact is they stories ran. They didn't dominate the newspaper, but the information was there if you wanted it. What the cable news networks did was broadcast it wall to wall and give it, a, in my view, a disproportionate sense of importance. We could just turn it off then. You don't. You can nobody turn it makes off. you watch it. Absolutely. And, well, you know, on newspapers, you can turn the page. We're taping this on well, a Thursday morning and driving into WAMC, thinking about how now it's going to cost me ten bucks in gas in that gas. we're not reimbursed yeah. for, but that it's worth <laughs> it for the volunteerism. <laughs> I was listening to, for the what? to be here. Oh, um, you're well, it's you're very right. worth it to be here. You're so right. the it's like uh, buying a ticket on, to the zoo. But flipping between WAMC. MSNBC, CNN. So the two cable stations were doing wall-to-wall -wall coverage of the Queen's 100th this, birthday. This morning as yeah. we speak, I thought and it saw was, the same and, thing. And it reminded me, I figured we're going to be talking about the Johnny Depp case, but I'm thinking similarly to, to Alan's point, who decides that you want to hear wall-to-wall -wall coverage? It was like covering this giant parade. It was of the Queen's uh, 70th? The Queen. Yes, that there were so many other things going on in the world, and how much... Uh, well, but somebody decides. I mean... What is the criteria for someone deciding, as you just said? For someone deciding news They're judgment? cover the Queen. I mean, well, I mean for the, example, I can't get enough of the Queen. I love her. Well, I've there you go. So I, I don't, don't care at all about it. about it. So you see, there's a wide range of options in the public, and you know, you they're white. You care about the queen? Not really. No, I don't care about the queen. Seventy. We, we went to a war to yourself. avoid the royalty. Right. <laughs> That's right. We want leadership of a country where it's just by your bloodline. So Come it's uh, well, you know, <laughs> yes. Donald Trump Jr. is of course running. So why not? Oh, <laughs> but I'm bummed. <laughs> so I mean, I think that there are so many elements that go into determining newsworthiness and the legacy media 
by and large do a really good and thoughtful job of making these decisions because you do give people something that's of entertainment value. You do give people what they need to know about foreign policy, about international conflicts, about domestic injustice, about gun laws. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that the legacy media do very well that make it easy to attack for what reason? I'm not sure. Well, you know, let me take a crack at that, if I may, Rick. Okay. In the old days, I would look at the paper that you were running, and I would say, must be a little short on news this morning because something, the criteria for what is appearing is the major headline. I would say that about WAMC's newscast, too. Oh, my well, God, how know, boring is this, to, right? You know, it's the same Rex, thing. There are days that are Rex, more newsworthy and days that are not. Rex, that is so immature of you. <laughs> Just accurate. <laughs> I so, don't care so who, the, who the fifth ward council member is in Springfield, Massachusetts. I really don't. Well, then don't listen. Okay. But an awful lot of people do. And in the fifth ward of Springfield, I'm sure. And 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 want to know because we have created a community here at WAMC which covers a lot of territory. And sometimes people have to say, well, you know, this could be going on in my town, but I, I have listened carefully to it, don't you see? Yeah, and I think the same thing is probably true of the days when you were not interested in what was on the front page of the Times Union. Uh, it was probably stuff that Only just didn't interest you. based on the fact that you didn't have anything else to put there. <laughs> well, but, you know, let, let's, re, so let's, remember, let's remember something. <laughs> there are certain bromides that are worth reminding people about all, uh, every so often. And one of them is if you don't sell newspapers by the selections of content that you have determined ought to be in the newspapers, or if you don't have listeners on the radio station because of the selection of stories, if you don't have those things over a period of time, you're not going to be in business any longer. The people who edit newspapers and who set up the content on radio and TV have a sense of who their audience is and what will enable people to read their papers and watch and listen to their programs. And I don't think you should apologize for that. Now, there are different ways to do it. The New York Post does it in a different way than the New York Times, but the New York Post has a different kind of readership than the New York Times, so they know what those readers want. WAMC has a different radio listenership than AM radio stations in this market. What you have on WAMC, you're not going to hear on an AM station. I don't even know the AM station's call letters in this town. But those are decisions that are made by professionals who have been in the business a long time. Wait, wait. So I just close. Yeah. I want to make sure you, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. If somebody is a professional, a so-called professional, because there's some definitional problems there, you're telling us they have a sense of entitlement because they are. No, I'm saying that people who are who have been put in charge of newsrooms or broadcast standards, etc., presumably have been in the business a long time. They have experience. They know their markets. They know their people. They know their listeners or readers. And it's with that frame of reference that they make decisions. Now, they could make bad decisions. And they do make bad decisions all the time. No, like the Fifth say... Ward of Springfield. Well, here's, here's the thing about the Fifth <laughs> Ward of Springfield. You're also making decisions, you meaning all of us who would be in those positions, you're making business decisions based on what is going to bring in your subscribers, your listeners, and WAMC has an enormously wide reach. How do you know the that? Because I heard you say it on the station many a time. And, <laughs> and I can, and, and whenever I'm driving around, I can hear it in a pretty strong yeah. uh, radius of people. I just change the signal when I'm traveling. I just change the signal to the next town over. I can, I can hear it. Well, I hear a lot of Springfield news. I hear very little Saratoga news. Now, 
Well, you're not listening carefully enough because I hear Saratoga news all well, the time. Well, one of the one of the <laughs> one of the, the problems the with the WAMC and all radio stations, although yeah. less so now that there's digital and the internet and stuff, is that if you're not listening to the time of day when the Saratoga story is on, you're likely not going to hear it, and thus think there's no Saratoga stories. You may turn in every morning and hear the story from the lieutenant governor's race in Vermont, which you have. This no is why in. the digital revolution has been so important because you can. And call up the Saratoga news, all the news you want, yes. and get it by the Google machine, right? Mm-hmm. And that is superior to anything that any of us in our other media have been able to do. When it was just print newspapers, you know, if you didn't get it into the printed page, uh, you missed it that day. Whereas digitally, you can access whatever is available. Yes, well, and I I'm not s- going to be called arrogant for this, but because, yes. you know, you, Too late. You, you, would, <laughs> you would never do that. You decide, but, listeners. But, yeah, you decide, listeners. Okay, so the three of you, let's face it. Not three for, listeners. He means worked the three for of us sitting here. a failed view of news dissemination. Uh, a you worked for news view of news failed. dissemination. Yes, stop. For news oh, papers. come on. Oh, That's please. so ridiculous. That is such well, a yeah, failed as an incorrect. Say, you you want to tell me that newspapers are going out of business. I can't disagree, but I wouldn't call Wait it failed. I would disagree. call it antiquated. You're talking you about disagree. print. No, That's because I don't like the word failed. I like the word antiquated, perhaps. What is the major news site in the capital region? What is the major news site? Uh-huh. The major like the news source. digital source in the capital region, timesunion.com. Sorry, but I just have to state that that is, in fact, the case, and that was a print product that is primarily now a digital product. So when you say, news, you work for a failed thing, yeah, nobody is paying attention to print anymore, nor book publishing, by the way, Dr. Shartok. Nor magazines. Uh, nor magazines. Well, and incidentally, books? your field of work, higher education, people are dropping out of college and not coming in. There's a huge enrollment decline, and so I think that H-R-R-R-R-R-R-R. the enterprise <laughs> that you were a part of is dying also. So, you know, the world is changing. Oh, now you're so depressing. So there you go. <laughs> What? Now sorry. he's de- now he's depressing me. Yeah, yeah. it the is. Part, the part about Springfield, I understand that uh, the people in Springfield are going to want to hear news of their community. Yes, I enjoy hearing a tidbits of those things because I want to know what's happening regionally, exactly. what's happening in Vermont. You're such there's a smart person. But I figure there's also going to be a perceived or real or hoped for base of financial support for WAMC from that audience. That would really? justify. Otherwise, you wouldn't cover it area. if it weren't for the so business tra- proposition. You if you didn't have listeners over there that you had to serve, you wouldn't care. Why is that? Dare you impugn our motives? That's not impugning your motives. You're serving your listeners. Exactly. That's exactly impugned. No, but the thing that you have to watch out for. Nothing personal. The thing that you have to watch out for, both in radio and in print, is overestimating the importance of a marginal readership or listenership. And the real life example that I would give is there was a, we made a mistake at my old newspaper, the the Daily Freeman of Kingston, New York, and we wanted to extend more aggressively in the southern part of our county because we thought we could get more readers. Uh, You could also steal them from somebody else. Well, that's the way to do it, right, readers and advertising. But we didn't succeed, and it wasn't because the content was no good, but because the geography was no good. People in the southern part of our market were more inclined to want to read the Poughkeepsie Journal or the Middletown Times-Herald Record or, going way back, the Newburgh Evening News, which is no longer in business. And as a result of us putting too many resources in that part of the world, we were covering our 
core area, our strength area, less so. And that made the local people who really counted on us mad. Because so why, who made this why are you running all these stories about Wallkill and not about Saugerties? So who made this bad decision? We, all, we made a collective decision. We, mm-hmm. we decided that this was a way to go. We had the resources, money to do that. But we, well, you didn't have the money because you shifted money. Haven't been in those same shoes. Yeah, it's moving money around. It moved, well, it, well, but the Freeman was a very lucrative paper, and and we had we had the resources, and we could yeah, but if we you could really generate had the resources, the new, you would have added staff to cover those areas, no, we, which we did. We started. We we actually made a mistake of publishing a separate edition for that market, the Southern Ulster County edition, and it just did, it didn't it was a mistake. Can't say it any more times than that. But the point is, WAMC, let's put the pressure back on Alan. If you're going Please. to be interviewing the, all of the various candidates for lieutenant governor. In Vermont. In Vermont. You're, you're, you may pick up two <laughs> listeners in Vermont, but you're going to do it at the expense of losing people in this area who will say, oh, he's doing that. I'm going to change the station. You that, sure? That, are you sure about that? Because no, I'm sure about it. going in, up all the time. In Vermont? Well, yeah, I'm sure they are. Well, no. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> probably dropping in Saratoga. Barbara says you don't cover them enough. Oh. So there you go. Well, I didn't say they don't cover us enough. I'm saying I hear more Springfield news. Well, it's so great that Barbara drives all the way down here to be on this radio. I hope in I, the past, and, it, and it's been great. Hope you Thank enjoyed you. it. Yeah, nice to see you. Be sure to pick up your chit for the taxes. And, uh, you know, you can stop <laughs> next door and buy a baby. Here's a listener in Longmeadow, Mass. Uh, by the way, thank you to Roger who wrote that first letter. Is that Here's, near Springfield? Uh, I think it's right over there. It's just outside Zone Five, uh, Ward Five. I have a suggestion for something new. Scott says, who might help educate our population and manage the emotional level in many issues. I think a show debate that has calm emphasized, calm conservatives and liberals on it that could talk about different issues in a calm and educational manner, no name calling and a fair amount of fact checking. Let's find the things we agree on and discuss the things we don't. I can't think of a show or TV and radio that does this. So here is the question. What about a show featuring calm conservatives and liberals? Is that an idea? People probably will not watch it because mm-hmm. it's not because it'll be boring. Um, I have one example though of mm-hmm. the calmness, but it's in print. If you read the New York Times frequently on their op-ed page, they have a dialogue between Gail Collins on the left and Brett Stevens on the right. Mm-hmm. Now the the calmness is aided by the fact that it's on the printed page, so you can't hear if they're raising their voices. But it strikes me as a calm discussion. Well, they're both smart and clever, yeah. and they do it by email, so it's yes. uh, they have time to think about what right, they're doing. You right. know, but mm-hmm. you, you know, if if you turned on one of the talking head shows and you were calmly discussing things, it's likely to create a turnoff. I mm. think. Yeah, I happen to do, agree want... with the premise. I'd like to see what he's talking. But, about. And there are no the conservatives don't really represent anything politically anymore because the Republican Party, which is supposedly the conservative party, has abandoned rational conservatism and now is all about authoritarianism. I mean, I think it's absolutely true that there is no actual debate on issues involving conservative liberal. It is simply oppose Biden and seek to establish an authoritarian government. Yeah, but but what is interesting about the letter writer is his use of the word calm. Mm-hmm. Now, it does have a certain pejorative, um, you know, impact when you say, you people don't, you aren't, you're not calm, like, pre- presumably like I am. I'm calm, and yes. you're not. Mm-hmm. That's a put-down. Uh, and, uh, you know, mm. people will, people will, uh, uh, do what they need to do in order to express themselves. Mm. And there's always somebody to tell you not to do it that way. 
And well, calm could, down has never worked, has it? Uh, <laughs> calm it, down it, now, calm, Barbara. Calm, right, calm down. <laughs> that always makes me more calm. I think I, I like that letter writer's premise. And what they are asking for is civil discourse on controversial topics. What do you mean by that? So, <laughs> yeah, I think could, it's a great it idea, be, but I don't think it would uh, work. Know, talking about uh, the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment. Now, there's an interesting topic for rational conversation, but it, rational conversation won't help there because that's not actually – there is going to be no action on the, on the Second Amendment. Isn't that right? I mean, this is the difficulty, trying to resolve issues when you know that when the, the political environment is such that nothing actually but the, is going to But the happen. type of discussion that, that letter writing is suggesting could be listening to both sides calmly – explain their points of view. Whatever that means. What's the calm side of listening to uh, Donald Trump? I mean... I'm not talking about Donald Trump. No, what I am. But the point is, the listener's comment could be taken in any context that that we want to think about. And in this case, Donald Trump's mouthings, maybe he's telling us you should be much more conservative about the way you answer or the way you talk or speak. I reject that wholeheartedly. Well... Let's talk about then the the rational way to approach uh, gun rights after Uvalde, for example, and, sure, after everybody gets killed, and and mass shooting. Right. What about the media coverage? I mean, we there is now this talk that we shouldn't be reporting the names of shooters. Uh, that covering the shooting inspires copycats, the contagion effect. Uh, should coverage be different because of the likely impact of it? I'm merely interested in the discussion about whether or not the newspapers should or TV should use. Gra- images of the victims. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are people who believe that we, we've reached a point where we should be showing these dead bodies and what these guns are doing mm-hmm. to people. As an old-timer, I find it hard to say that's what I would want to do in my newspaper because I know the reaction that I used to get from readers for lesser graphic pictures that were on the front page. I'm, I'm not sure that that's the way to go. What about the families of the victims? Yeah, the families and, and just the, you know, the old argument was if you ran a relatively graphic picture on the front page, how we'd get the calls, how could you do that? The newspaper shows up on our breakfast table every morning and my young child sees that newspaper. You shouldn't have put that on the front page. And you shouldn't have put it on the, on the breakfast table. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the ink would rub off on the... There's already <laughs> so many horrible images of things on the Internet that whether we publish these particular pictures or not is not going to make that any less horrible. I think the uh, trap that I would want to resist falling into is the, is thinking that if only people saw the horrible deaths that these children suffered by looking at what they looked like, that it would help win people over to... Right. Uh, right. to but there is no evidence that suggests that that's the case. And, in fact, it could be the op- the opposite could happen. It could say, here's look what happened to these children. This is why I need to have a gun, why we all need to have guns to protect our children. There's no evidence that shows that these will win people over to one side or the other. And it's and I, I don't think we need to do it. It doesn't serve a purpose. Yet the media needs to keep a spotlight on these issues, doesn't it, uh, to continue well, it, it's just it is newsworthy, uh, but there is a public debate now that is perhaps rising, that may in fact, I guess, in the long run, affect public policy. Right. Well, well, you need to be able to look somebody in the eye. This used to be my rule of thumb. If I can look somebody in the eye and justify why I put in, uh, whether it was a headline, a phrase, a word, a photograph that affected their lives, I needed to be able to justify it. And I can't justify shooting, showing. Sh- 
children being all shot up, the bodies. What greater good does that serve? The greater good, of course, is that if we don't do something about this, we're going to have a lot more of this. Well, there we go. That's about all we have time for this You know, week. I, didn't, I wasn't wow. going to say anything on this show today. I came in here saying, I don't care about these people. I'm just going to sit there and <laughs> shut my mouth. <laughs> well, there you go. Hope springs eternal. <laughs> That's uh, Alan Shartok, Ira Fussfeld, and Barbara Lombardo, and I'm Rex Smith with gratitude to our producer, David Gustina, and to you folks for joining us this week once again on The Media Project. Meet the people, that's a thrill, all together fits the bill. Oh, newspapermen are such interesting people. It's wonderful to represent the day. Now, publishers are such interesting people. Their policy is an acrobatic thing. They claim to represent the common people. It's funny, Wall Street never has complained. Ah, but publishers have worries, for publishers must go To working folks, for readers, and to big shots for their dough Now publishers are such interesting people It could be prostitution, I don't know Ting-a-ling-a-ling, circulation, ting-a-ling-a-ling Advertising, get those readers, get that payoff What a headache, what a mess Oh, publishers are such interesting people Let's give free cheers for freedom of the press